Welcome to the Sandy Springs United Methodist Church Podcast, where we bring you weekly sermons that uplift your soul, strengthen your spirit, and praise the Lord. Whatever your reason for listening, we're grateful for you spending your time with us. May God open your heart to love and your ears to hear. Our gospel reading comes from Mark chapter 1. They went to Capernaum, and when the Sabbath came, he entered the synagogue and taught. They were astounded at his teaching, for he taught them as one having authority and not as the scribes. Just then there was in their synagogue a man with an unclean spirit, and he cried out, What have you to do with us, Jesus of Nazareth? Have you come to destroy us? I know who you are, the Holy One of God. But Jesus rebuked him, saying, Be silent and come out of him. And the unclean spirit, convulsing him and crying with a loud voice, came out of him. They were amazed, and they kept on asking one another, What is this, a new teaching with authority? He commands even the unclean spirits, and they obey him. At once his fame began to spread throughout the surrounding region of Galilee. What is the best gift that you have ever received? And what is the best gift that you've ever given? When you're thinking about those two questions, you're thinking about kind of different emotions and different responses. When you think about the best gift you've ever received, you think about the person that gave it to you, probably the story behind it, what quality of that thing or experience that brought you so much joy and then you remember that joy and you feel it all over again. When you think about the best gift that you've ever given, you probably are thinking about the person to whom you gave the gift or even a group. You're thinking about the motivation behind it, how you chose it, what made it special, and then that feeling that wasn't the feeling of receiving but that anticipation of when the person or the group was going to receive that gift, whether it be opening the package or receiving the notification that it had been given or done. They're both joy and elation. They just come kind of in, in different packages or uh, for different reasons. When I started thinking about the best gifts that I can imagine or think of or that I know the stories behind, one of those things I think of is these slippers. Now that may sound strange to you, but this was these slippers were one of my Christmas gifts this year from my family because they know that I hate having cold feet, literal cold feet. And so in our house, especially in the wintertime when my toes get cold, they know that I like to have a pair of slippers to wear while I'm at home. And we've been at home a lot lately. And so this especially picked out for me pair of slippers actually meant quite a bit. Because what it showed me is, even in kind of a silly, transitory way, it showed me that they know me, that they thought about what my needs are and what makes me happy when they were picking out the gift, and that they decided they would give me something they knew that I would like and that I would use and that would come in handy and, and help enhance my life, even in the small way, keeping my toes warm. Another gift that I have that wasn't given to me, but that I sort of uh, was able to bear witness to throughout my life is this clock that's right behind me. This is what's called an anniversary clock. Some of you may have seen this or known what they are. 
these weights around the bottom help keep the clock running and help keep it balanced. It's not running right now. It's just because I need to work on it a little bit. This was a gift that my father gave to my mother on, I believe it was, if I remember correctly, their 25th wedding anniversary. And I was a kid then, or a teenager, but I remember the significance of the gift and how happy she was to receive it and how much it meant to her. It always stayed in a special place in our homes. And it always was one of those things that she took great care to wrap up and to take care of when we would move and go from one home to another because it was the thing, um, or as a thing, it represented their marriage, their commitment to each other, and the gift of love that they shared. And so in packing up many of their things over the course of the last couple of years, this was one of those things that I knew had to be kept in our family. Um, not just because it was a material reminder of them, but it represents so much more than that. It represents that deep trust and covenant that they shared that grew so much more beyond just their relationship with each other and affected really everyone that they knew and all the relationships that they had. Those are the kinds of significant gifts that we receive in our lives, the kind that go way beyond the experience of receiving or giving them. The kind of gifts that have long lasting effects or long roots that grow out into the soil of the life that you're building and creating all around you. And those gifts, those kinds of gifts when given in the context of your faith and in relationship to God and in response to what God has given you, those are the most significant gifts that you can give and receive. We're continuing in our series about covenant, the covenant that God makes with us as individual followers of Christ, as individual children of God who are called into personal relationship with God. And so today we're thinking about gifts. The membership vows that we make when we join the church are, as you remember, prayers. We uh, pledge to support the church with our prayers, our presence, our gifts, our service, and our witness. So thinking about the gifts that we give, uh, for me, I can't help but also think about the gifts that I receive being part of the body of Christ and part of the church. The passage in Mark uh, might seem like an interesting and, and maybe sort of puzzling uh, relationship here, but I do think it has something to say in this idea of gift. This is in the first chapter of Mark, so it's in the unfolding story of Jesus as he begins his earthly ministry. And we see him um, at the synagogue. We see him driving in what's called in the, in the text an unclean spirit out of a man. And the spirit, or the legion, as it's called in some translations, speaks to Jesus before he casts it out. So there's a recognition there of who Jesus is and what he is able to do and what he is going to do. And so in this moment of healing and wholeness that is offered to this person uh, in whom this legion has taken up residence um, is an important moment for his ministry. Because as we read on, we see that uh, the leaders in the synagogue are puzzled. They're amazed at what happens and they make this interesting comment that we kind of chew on for the rest of the relationship as it unfolds in Mark. And that comment is, he speaks with such authority. The gift of Jesus that was made manifest in this first chapter of Mark, in this moment of, 
authority and power. That gift was not a power to be in dominion over us, but a power to bring us into a new understanding of the grace and mercy of God. To break us out of our ruts of the way we've always done things. It was a gift of new perspective, of new understanding of love, of new understanding of presence. And that's one thing that I think we're struggling still to figure out in the midst of this pandemic. The gift of the covenant. How is that gift received and then given back? And given back a hundredfold to the community around us when we are by ourselves. And so thinking about giving, the way that we receive the gift of Christ into our lives influences how we give to the world the grace, the mercy, the love, the forgiveness that we have received. When I asked you to think in the beginning of the sermon about the greatest gift you had given and also the greatest gift you had received, I wanted you to think about how those two things are different, but how they are related to each other. The joy of receiving a wonderful gift just makes the joy of giving so much more rich and deep. I think the same is true in our faith life. The joy of receiving salvation, mercy from Jesus Christ, the joy of receiving God into our lives in Jesus Christ makes the joy of giving of ourselves so much more rich and deep and full. One of my favorite TV shows from my younger years is Friends, and it has become popular again, and new generations are discovering the hilarity of the friends that share life together over the course of 10 seasons. And I watched an episode of that show to prepare for this sermon, and the episode is called The One Where Phoebe Hates PBS. And it's not really about public broadcasting, but it is about the character Phoebe and her quest to discern whether or not good deeds are really selfless. If it is possible for us to do something good for another person or another group of people with no consideration for how it makes us feel. She actually enters into a bet with another character on the show who tells her that it's impossible and she wants to prove them wrong. And so she goes about examining some of the actions she has taken in her own life, including being a surrogate mother for uh, the children of her brother and sister-in-law, as well as giving a donation to PBS, which she hates for some personal reasons, so that her friend could reach his goal in fundraising on the telethon. And what she realizes is it is hard to divide her own feelings of joy from doing something that benefits someone else. And in watching that show, I realized we don't have to do that. Because we can't, because our joy of giving to someone else, to something else, to a cause greater than our own needs is so much more deep and full because we know how wonderful it is to receive in our own time of need. So when we ask on behalf of the church, when we ask you to give yourself to your faith and to the body of Christ through your gifts, Yes, we are asking you without apology to support the church with your money. You have received money through work, through inheritance, through investment, through a variety of ways. And the church needs finances 
to support the programs and ministries that are changing people's lives. So we ask you to do that. And you know both the joy and the sacrifice of that because you know what has given you that financial gift, the hard work, the relationships, the investment over time. You know what it took to receive that, and so you know the importance of giving it. And I want to suggest that giving other kinds of gifts as well, your time, ways that you serve, giving yourself away, I mean, putting aside your own desires for enjoyment and pleasure that really only serve you so that you can give yourself to the service of others, not putting yourself in jeopardy in any way, but just sharing the wealth of your time and your attention. You know the deep joy of doing that when you have received that. So friends, when we talk about gifts, when we talk about the gift of Christ, when we read stories like our passage today from Mark 1, in which the community gathered around Christ recognized something extraordinary in him, even if it was those who would turn that gift on its head and use it to try to track him down to destroy him. When we recognize the extraordinary nature of Christ's presence among us in the body of Christ, but also in our personal lives, and that makes the sharing of his story and his love and grace so much more deep and personal. So my question for you is, in your covenant relationship with God, what are you giving? How are you giving so that your relationship with God is growing deeper and deeper because you have received life-changing gifts from God? that you want to share? How is the covenant into which God has invited you, how is that covenant relationship changing the way that you give, influencing the way that you give? The ways that you give, your motivation for giving, and the ways that you grow as givers, those are ways that you are growing in your covenant relationship with God. My prayer for you is that you will discover a new joy in giving, in giving to the church, in giving to your community, in finding a person in your life or a group of persons who need something that you specifically can give and that you can give with joy and freedom. And I hope that in that act of giving, that you'll recognize you're living out your commitment to God, your commitment to that covenant relationship, the relationship that is primary among all others. May that be for you, friends. Amen. Thank you for listening to the Sandy Springs United Methodist Church Podcast. We hope that you have found our podcast helpful and hope to be in ministry not only to you, but with you. For more information about Sandy Springs United Methodist Church, please visit www.ssumc.org. Until next time, may God bless you.